Welcome back, friends. This is the Good Midlife Podcast, Oscar Preview and Prediction Edition. It's one of my favorite shows of the year. I am Jim Nolan. My co-host is Richard Tinchlow. Richard, how are you tonight? Doing well, Jim. Doing well. We have a great show tonight. We have more people who have seen more movies on our show tonight than we've ever had in any podcast I've ever done. So I'm super excited about this. And um, with that, I'll go ahead and introduce the room. Before I did, let me just say, we love the Oscars. We love movies. This is just, this is an exciting time. So we're going to have a lot of fun tonight. And, um, you know, Richard, we'll skip the catch up, but uh, we have so much happened this week. And if you guys like this show this week, pick us up next week because we we have a lot of things to get to, including uh, Richard and Maisie's Big D Adventure. Um, there was a lot of stuff going on mm -hmm. this week, so we've got stuff to get to. So we'll get to that. You can also follow us. You can follow us at the Good Midlife Podcast on Instagram. You can reach us at thegoodmidlife at gmail.com. The Good Midlife is also on Facebook. You can follow Richard and his food odyssey at Kenshin Crew, and you will learn about the Big D Adventure if you follow Richard on Kenshin Crew. And with that, now I will introduce our room. I will start, Richard, with your lovely wife. She hails from the Washington, D.C. area. She is an artist. She has an affinity for older men. Her name is Maisie Clark, and that's... M-A-I-Z-I-E-C-L-A-R-K-E, -E, and you can reach her at MaisieClark.com if you want to check out any of her amazing art. She's got some great stuff going on. Maisie, how are you tonight? I am doing very well. Thank you so much for that introduction, Jim. You're welcome. Thanks for coming on the show. Always a joy to have you. I'll go to Lexington now, our correspondence in Lexington. We've been doing this together, talking about movies, watching movies together for 30 years or better, like from back in the days of college when somebody would leave after the 11 o'clock class and pick up tickets for the new shows on Friday night. So I've got a couple. We've been friends forever. I'm going to start with Kelly because last time I didn't introduce her first and I got in trouble. She is originally from Taylor County, Kentucky. She lives in Lexington. She prefers Miracle Whip to mayonnaise. Her name is Kelly Gritton. Kelly, what's up? Hey, guys. Okay. Thank awesome. you for that introduction, too. That is important information. It is. It's very, very key. Yeah. Her husband yes. and the dear friend, close lifelong friend, he is from Anderson County, Kentucky, lives in Lexington with his wife, Important note, and he hates all media involving talking animals. He is Brian Gritton. Brian, what's up? Good evening, folks. Very glad to be here and uh, have a little fun tonight. Yep, let's do it. And finally, not finally, I have one more. We have a uh, veteran to the podcast. He's been on a couple of times. He is 17. He is a senior at St. Xavier High School here in Louisville, Kentucky. He picked the Falcons to go to the Super Bowl this past year. He is McKinley Alfin. McKinley, what's up? Uh, not much. Excited to be here. Got some solid takes to give you guys. Love it. Cannot wait. Finally, the best looking person in the room. She is my lovely wife. She <laughs> is our, um, McKinley is mad because his girlfriend's here, but that would just be weird if I said that. So it's my lovely wife. That's actually fair. Thank you. <laughs> she, she is our legal counsel. She hates both the word and the food flan. And if you follow her on Instagram, she is at EB underscore bookshelf. She has a bookstagram account where she likes to talk about reading, give you some great reading reviews, book reviews, book recommendations. And uh, she and I have watched all 10 movies together on this Odyssey. We're having a great time. What's up? Happy to have you on the show. 
Thank you. I'm happy. And she has affinity for older men too. Let's just be clear about something. <laughs> that's, Let's hey just man. get that on the table as well. That's 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 very very true. So I do uh, love a silver fox. Yeah. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> silver right. gorilla. Let's let's be clear too. Weirder again. <laughs> All right. With that, let's talk about how this show works. Um, we're going to talk about the six major categories. This is the way we usually do it. Um, we're going to let everybody talk about their own opinions of uh, of each category. And you'll go ahead and tell us who you think will win, who you think should win. And then we're, you can have a pretend dollar bill to bet in each category. I'll give you the odds, and you are going to place a bet on <laughs> one candidate, one nominee in each category. And the goal is to have the most money. Uh, in your pretend bank account on Oscar night. And what do you win? Well, I'll get you a pack of hot dogs or something. That's what we'll do. And with that, uh, we'll go ahead and get started. And I will start, we're going to start with Best Supporting Actor. Um, here are your nominees for Best Supporting Actor. Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer. One to eight odds. Heavy favorite. Ryan Gosling from Barbie. Five to one odds. Robert De Niro from Killers of the Flower Moon, 16 to 1. Mark Ruffalo from Poor Things, 16 to 1. Sterling K. Brown from American Fiction, he is 25 to 1. I will kick it off in Lexington, and I will start with you, Kelly. What say you with regards to the supporting actors? Um, I think that Robert Downey Jr. is going to win this category. I think he deserves to win it. Um, but another uh, another actor i enjoyed watching this time was sterling k brown in american fiction enjoyed his performance and his character yeah it was kind of sneaky out of the blue that one so you're gonna bet on uh rdj yes that's correct all right brian from upstairs in the bedroom you still awake (laughs) i am i found a couch not a bed but we're good okay but i am very very similar to kelly in my thoughts robert downey jr is definitely the best uh, also like Sterling K. Brown. I will add, I don't care if I never see Mark Ruffalo in another movie again. I, I hated him in this movie. I hated him in uh, all the things we cannot see, him and his fake accent, so they're horrible to me. I do not enjoy watching him on the screen. And just like that, we got Brian on the show. Here we go. Hot takes, and uh, we that's why we brought you on, and uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, okay, Richard, how about you? Um, I am also going with Robert Downey Jr. Um, across the board. Um, he deserves it. He's uh, it, his performance was amazing, and it's I mean it, it just blows everybody else out of the water. Okay, very good, Maisie. What what do you think? I think Robert Downey Jr. will win. I kind of I don't know. I loved Ryan Gosling in Barbie. I don't know if it's necessarily an Oscar winner performance, but I just, I just wanted the the crowd to know that I really did love him and Barbie. So, but I think Robert Downey Jr. will win. You're and I think R- he should win, but. Okay. RDJ, it is for you. McKinley. How about you? Um, I'll start. I think, I think the top three would be Ryan Gosling, Robert De Niro and Robert Downey Jr. But I do think Robert Downey Jr. will, will win not only because it was great, but sort of a very different role for him. And I think he nailed it. You putting your dollar on him too? Yep, Iron okay. Man's got my dollar. There you go, <laughs> Elizabeth. Are you still? Are you on Robert Downey Jr. with everyone else? Yes, I think he will win and deserves to win. Um, I think it's kind of a slam dunk, but I have to disagree on Mark Ruffalo, Brian. Um, 
I acknowledging that he plays this weird, vaguely German dude in everything lately. Um, I thought <laughs> his he, accent changes from like minute to minute. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought he was uh, in in that weird, weird movie. He was kind of the foil to all the weirdness, and I I liked him in that. So I'm going to put my money on uh, Mark Ruffalo to try to find a little value. I love it. That's somebody who knows how to gamble. Um, That's right. So. I think Robert Downey Jr. will win, and I think he probably should win. There's a world where Ryan Gosling wins, and I loved his performance in Barbie. Um, I don't think he's going to get there, but I, I like you, Maisie. I loved that performance. I, th I thought he was uh, – everything about it was great. Um, uh, Robert De Niro's performance was great. Like it's – he hasn't won an Oscar in a little while. Um, I thought Mark Ruffalo was fine. I like Mark Ruffalo. But for me, um, you can take it. I mean, like he's in here, but like you could easily have had like Matt Damon from Oppenheimer in here for his role. I think thought he was, you know, just as good in a supporting role. Um, and Sterling K. Brown was was sneaky good. Like he he came in, and that's a very well earned nomination for him. So I I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna try to find some value here too. I'm gonna bet Ryan Gosling. I think Robert Downey wins. I think he probably should win. There's a world where Ryan Gosling wins. I'm going to play the five to one and let's see what we get with that. You really wanted that bag of uh, winners, aren't you? Have you, have you been to the grocery lately? It's expensive out there. <laughs> also, I live with McKinley. I do eat a lot. <laughs> okay. Let's go to supporting actress. We'll start over at the Kinchlow house this time. And we'll start with Maisie. Um, we got Divine Joy Randolph, the overwhelming favorites from the holdovers, one to 16. Danielle Brooks from the color purple, 10 to one. Emily Blunt from Oppenheimer, 10 to one. America Ferreira from Barbie, 20 to one. Jodie Foster from Nyad, 25 to one. Maisie, what do you think? Um, this one's kind of a hard one for me. Um, I did love Divine. Um, and I loved Emily Blunt and I loved America Ferreira. I think I'm going to go, I think Divine will win. And I think she should win. So I think I'm going with the favorite. Okay, there you go. Richard, how about you? Um, I, I think Divine will win. I don't agree. I thought Emily Blunt's performance probably was better. Um, I don't even think America Ferreira should be in that this category i don't i mean i didn't think her role was anything special um so i think emily blunt was really damn good especially that last model or when she's at the table and they are um she's answering um all the past questions and she comes on and and i think that performance right there is well worth it she's really good so I, i'm going with movie. emily blunt okay. what's that She's really good in the third act of that movie. Yep. Okay, we'll go back to our house. Uh, McKinley, how about you? I have not seen The Holdovers, but regardless, I think I'm picking Emily Blunt just because I think she was great and Oppenheimer Sweep. All right, Oppenheimer Sweep it is. Elizabeth, what are you at? I was really hoping McKinley would address Nyad uh, in his response. <clears throat> we'll get to that. <laughs> um, I think Divine Joy Randolph uh, will win and probably should win, but I loved Emily Blunt in Oppenheimer. And I also, I'm not going to vote for Jodie Foster here in Nyad, but I loved her in that movie. I just loved how she smiled more and was than she normally does in her roles and was unabashedly her age. 
um, and the purity of that friendship. I just really enjoyed how she played that. Um, so I guess I'll put my money on Emily Blunt with honorable mention to Jodie Foster. Hey, very good. I like that. I will tell you, I'm going to, I'm going to just go ahead and bet divine joy randolph i don't feel great about it just because the odds are so long but everything i've read just has all signs pointing to her winning um i thought she was really good but like everybody else here at the table i'm not sure that i would totally go with that i thought emily blunt was great and i thought jody foster was great and I, richard i'm with you on america ferrera i i thought she was fine in barbie but it's not uh the role it's not the, the nomination i would like to have seen um I would have rather seen um, Rosamund Pike from Saltburn in that slot or maybe Julianne Moore from May, December. While I didn't love May, December, I thought Julianne Moore was great. And I thought it was a probably a better acting performance than what America Ferreira's role was in Barbie. So uh, that's just a couple of things that I thought about that. But I think Divine Joy Randolph, Randolph will win. I think Emily Blunt probably should win. I'm going to go ahead and vote for Divine Joy Randolph there. And now I'll turn it over to Brian. Um, I will admit I have not seen all of these, so I don't have strong opinions on all of them. Uh, I didn't watch the color purple. Um, I haven't made it through Barbie yet. I started it and turned it off. Uh, but I'm going to go with Emily Blunt. I think it's probably not going to happen, but for the sake of gambling here, I'm going to, I'm going to put my money with her because I thought she was very good. All right. We love Emily Blunt. Uh, Kelly, what about you? Um, I'm going to go with Divine Joy Randolph also. Um, I really liked the depth of her character, and I thought her performance was great. And I'm with Elizabeth. I loved Jodie Foster's character in Nyad. Um, I love their friendship. I love how she was such a solid counterpart to uh, Nyad, who was such an intense, you know, a, a forceful character. Um, and I, so I really enjoyed her character in that movie. So she's, she's my honorable mention also. All right. I, I love Jodie Foster in that role too. Um, it would be cool to see her win, um, because that was a great role and she was so good. Okay. Before we get to the best actor, best actress, let's take a break here for a moment. Um, and I'll turn it, I'll open it up to anybody that has anything else that they want to talk about with regards to awards that aren't the big six awards we're not talking about here tonight. And I want to start by just talking about how good the score was for Oppenheimer. I think that is a slam dunk win for best original score. Um, I just, I loved that, the, the, um, the score for that movie. It was fantastic. Other, there were some other really good scores too, like the score for American fiction was good. The score for Poor Things was awesome with its with its dissonance. Um, it's a really good year for that. But uh, I loved the Oppenheimer score. Anybody else have I any, thought any, Holdovers was really good. It was good. You're right. That was good. You're right. Okay. How about um, any other awards? How about cinematography? Anybody have a cinematography opinion? I've got. I a don't couple. know what the even nominees who are, but I just watched Poor Things and I thought it was very cool. In that I thought the whole. Some of the angles, the shots, you know, from like in the house, from below, from, you know, weird, weird angles, weird spots. And then the somewhat like fantasy nature of stuff, you know, skies and stuff. I don't really even know exactly what all that was. If I even understood all it's supposed to mean, having things in the sky in Portugal and whatever time. But I thought that was just was, the effects overall were cool in that one. I thought the cinematography in that movie was great. That was one I was going to hit on because I thought 
the Oppenheimer cinematography is great. The Poor Thing cinematography is great. Um, the cinematography in Maestro is fantastic. And there's another snub here. There was a, well, a movie that I think could have very well been in that mix uh, for cinematography is Saltburn. I thought the that was a pretty amazing visual to watch. Yeah, I would agree with that. Let's go to best actor. This is one of the, the these are the two best um, tightest races on the board. We've got best actor Killian Murphy from Oppenheimer. He's at one to three. Paul Giamatti from The Holdovers is two to one. Bradley Cooper from Maestro is 20 to one. Jeffrey Wright from American Fiction is 66 to 1. Coleman Domingo from Rustin is also 66 to 1 if you're feeling frisky. McKinley, you, sir, have the honors. I feel very strongly Killian Murphy. I think he, I mean, I don't think, I don't know of anyone else who could have played that role of Oppenheimer. I think he did it nearly perfectly, and I think he 100% deserves it, and I my money's on him. Okay. Elizabeth. I agree. I think Killian Murphy probably will win. Um but I think Paul Giamatti has a good shot. I loved him in The Holdovers, and he carried that movie. Um, I'm going to be really mad if Bradley Cooper wins, so I give that one last place. <laughs> yes, um, you do. Good call. And <laughs> I um, I love Jeffrey Wright in American Fiction. I'm surprised to see these odds, 66 to 1, um, but I think I will put my money on Giamatti with a um, – hard to decide between him and Jeffrey Wright. All right. I am I think Killian Murphy will win. I think Killian Murphy should win. I'm going to bet on Paul Giamatti uh just because there's value there and he's got a lot of buzz coming into this and I think there's a real good chance he goes home with it. Um especially if the voters are kind of tired of voting for Oppenheimer and uh this is a spot where you can go a different direction and kind of break that up a little. Um, I think you guys are all crazy. I think Bradley Cooper was awesome in Maestro, and uh, I, I I liked him a lot. And in any other year, he would have a better shot to win this. Um, Put your money where your mouth is. I'm not betting him. I There's no way he's going <laughs> to win, but I liked him. I liked him. There's no way uh, Jeffrey Wright's going to win, but I liked him. So I'm going to bet Paul Giamatti and go from there. Um, and so, Brian, since uh, you have strong opinions, go ahead with this one. Well, Killian Murphy was the best. He'll win. I'll bet on him he should win. Um, if I wasn't watching Maestro with my wife for this podcast, I would have turned it off 30 to 40 minutes in. It's, uh, it, if it was supposed to make me feel something, it did not. If it was supposed to make you inter interested in his or their story, it did not. It was of all the, I haven't seen all 10. I've seen, I don't know, eight of the movies. It's, Easily at the bottom. And I didn't make it through Barbie, and this is still worse. All right. There you have it. <laughs> Kelly, how about you? Um, yeah, I'm going to be a, a copycat, I guess. Uh, I, I think Killian Murphy is definitely going to win. I thought he was fantastic. I'm going to put my money on Paul Giamatti. There's nothing that I haven't loved Paul Giamatti in. I think he's the greatest. Um, I loved his character in this movie, too. Um, so that's that's who I'm putting my money on. But I I would add that I really liked uh, Coleman Domingo in Rustin. I enjoyed that movie. I enjoyed his character. Okay. All right. Very good. Let's go across town. Richard, what what do you think on Best Actor? Um, I, I think it's Killian Murphy for sure. Although uh, I, I liked Paul Giamatti. I thought it was I thought it was a very he did a good job in the movie. Um, Bradley Cooper. I. 
I think I, I have a hard time with that. It's just like I didn't particularly like the movie. I didn't understand like what it was about. I thought it was going to be more about his music and everything along those lines. And, and we can talk about that when it's coming to pick the movies. But um, I haven't seen uh, American Fiction and uh, Rustin, so I can't really speak to those. But I'll probably... I. I I think Killian Murphy or Killian Murphy will win. I think Paul Giamatti. I'll put my money on Paul Giamatti as well. All right, Maisie. Um, I think Killian Murphy um, will win and should win. I think it's sort of a hard comparison. I love I love Paul Giamatti's performance in The Holdovers. I just feel like it's a really hard sort of comparison um, versus Oppenheimer. And also, too, I don't think Bradley Cooper was bad in that role. I just, I, I feel kind of, I feel along with the majority of, I'm not really sure what, what that movie's purpose was. But I don't think Bradley Cooper did a bad job. I just don't think it was a good movie. So I'm going with Killian Murphy. All right. There you have it. Um, with that, we'll go to best actress again we have a really tight bunch at the top this is a two-woman race emma stone for poor things she's one to two lily gladstone killers of the flower moon she's two to one sandra huller from anatomy of a fall 18 to one <laughs> carrie mulligan from maestro 25 to one annette benning from naiad 33 to one and i will start with kelly on this so i, I think emma stone was fantastic uh, obviously she was really fun to watch but lily gladstone was my favorite i think she should win and that's that's where i'm putting my money all right very good brian um this is kind of a toss-up for me both both of the top two i guess that's why they're one to two and two to one that's pretty close to you know the same odds i think i'm gonna go emma stone just because it was such a i think it required a lot more uh, emotions you know whatever skill depth uh whatever it was you know she had a lot more to do than what lily gladstone did so i'll go with them stone all right awesome Maisie, how about you unfortunately we did not see poor things which um i'm sad about but um i think i'm gonna go with lily gladstone for me personally and don't don't come after me but she was kind of the only redeeming person that in the in killers of the flower moon for me i'm not a huge fan of she i i liked her in that long story long sorry i'm gonna go with lily gladstone um and i think she based on the movies i saw i think she deserved it okay richard uh probably have to go with lily gladstone just simple fact that we haven't seen three of the uh three of the rest of the movies so but I also thought she, I, I will agree with Maisie on that. It's just like, I thought De Niro and DiCaprio were really good, but I think she she kind of took the movie over and it was her movie more than anybody. So I mean, it, it was, it, so I'm going to go with her. I agree Emma with Stone that. will probably win it based on those odds, but I'll go with uh, Lily Gladstone. Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, I think that did become her movie as it went on and on. Elizabeth, would you like to bring in your opinions on actress? Yes, yes. Um, I think Lily Gladstone will win. 
Um, and I really enjoyed her in that movie. I agree that she um, was the redeeming quality of, of that one. Um, Emma Stone and Poor Things was so, it was such an all-encompassing portrayal, physical, and um, uh, she became that weird character. Um, so I really liked her in that. But the one that I think should win is Margot Robbie for um, Barbie. And I don't care if it's not on the list, but that's who should win. Okay. And you're betting on uh, Lily? Lily. Okay. McKinley. Okay, so sort of a hot take but so i think emma stone probably had the most impressive acting performance but and lily gladstone was great but what's her name sandra hewler yeah yeah i think it's quite a feat to be not only the lead in an, in the one best picture movie but also a very significant actor in another best picture movie in the same year that seems very impressive to me so Honestly, I think that might be harder to do than just one acting performance. So I really, really appreciate that. But I think Emma Stone will win. So I'll bet on her. You're going to bet on Emma. Uh, and and you're right. Um, she was in Anatomy of a Fall and she was also in Zone of Interest and was fantastic in both of those. So McKinley wants a special statuette given to her um, at this <laughs> year's award ceremony. And I will say it's a two woman race and. Either one of them can win, and it's all all fine and good. When I saw Killers of the Flower Moon, I walked out of the theater, and I think I told Richard, uh, Lily Gladstone's going to win Best Actress or or be right there. And then I walked out of Poor Things and thought, oh, shit, I think Emma Stone might have beaten her. Um, I think Lily Gladstone will win. I think Emma Stone should win. I'm going to go ahead and bet on Emma because of the money. Um, and I like Elizabeth. I think Margot Robbie should have been in this mix. Uh, for me... I I think there's no reason for Annette Benning to be in here. She was good, but compared to the other actors plus Margot Robbie, I would I would boot Annette Benning, slide Margot Robbie in there. Um I don't think she would have won it, but I do think she should have been nominated and I thought uh, her performance was really really impressive in Barbie. So that's the way I I would have uh, liked to have seen that category go down. So um And she's the hottest one of the bunch. Um uh, throw that out there. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> Good point. <laughs> McKinley agrees. <laughs> hey, McKinley finally acknowledged somebody was hotter than his girlfriend. Did that just happen? Oh, I didn't say that. Oh, okay. He didn't say that. <laughs> okay. I All love right. that Richard and McKinley have the same um, uh, opinion. <laughs> I just want that to be <laughs> reflected. <laughs> One of us is sleeping on the couch tonight. <laughs> McKinley, before we jump off of this, because we probably won't come back to this, but um, I, let's get your hot take on Nyad. Oh, the old lady swimming one? Yeah. yeah. I, I, okay, that one. Okay. Um, I did not like that movie. The premise is just kind of boring. Also, the record invalid. There's not nearly enough proof and history of lying. Uh, whatever her act, what's her real name? The, or not, what's her like? Diana Nyad. Diana Nyad. She has lied before and is also like a crazy person. So I do not appreciate the glorification of the lying. Hmm. So you're not only against the movie, you're also against her life as a uh, whole. Yes, yes. Hot take. Were you disappointed that she and Jodie Foster didn't make out? Did that weigh into your opinion at all? I also bet that's inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, stuff was going down. <laughs> refrain from speaking more about that, but I doubt that was the truth. <laughs> All right. Well, um, 
Okay. Come at us, Diane and Nyad. Uh, that's all out there. Okay, let's go to Best Director. This is, um, we got a strong favorite here. Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer. He's at 1 to 20. Yorgos Lanthimos from Poor Things. He's at 18 to 1. Jonathan Glazer from Zone of Interest. He's at 18 to 1. Martin Scorsese from Killers of the Flower Moon, 25 to 1. Justine Trier from Anatomy of a Fall. She is at 33 to 1. Um, let's see. Whose turn is it to go first? Let's go with McKinley. I think um, Christopher Nolan, if he doesn't win, I will be very disappointed, even outraged. But I think another important thing to mention is I don't exactly understand why Greta Gerwig was not nominated. It seems, I don't know, I don't really understand. But with that said, I think Christopher Nolan is absolutely the deserving winner, and my money's on him. Okay, Elizabeth. Well, I'm glad you brought up the Greta Gerwig situation because that has come up on prior um, Oscar podcasts. And she was snubbed. He's, pa he's pandering. <laughs> he wants something. Wife, wife and girlfriend are nearby. He's pandering. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Greta Gerwig snubbed again in the most Barbie way ever. I don't know if you all saw the memes about, um, you know, how the, the her Greta Gerwig not being nominated could actually be part of the plot of the Barbie movie. So I appreciated those. Yes. Um, and just historically, I mean, she made this movie that grossed over a billion dollars. I think she's the first female director to do that. And the movie got nominated for an Oscar. I feel like that's kind of an unusual combination that you have a high grossing movie that's also critically recognized. Um, so that's my Greta Gerwig. If you're out there, I'm in your corner every year. So keep making movies. Um, back. She's to our Singapore listener, so she is listening. We know that. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yes. Hey, we got a Brazil listen this week, so shout out Brazil friends. Yes. Um, but back to the list that are actually nominated. I'm going to put my money on Jonathan Glazer for Zone of Interest. Um, and we can we'll probably get to this more when we talk about the movies. But that was he managed to make two movies in one movie because there was the one movie that you watch and you see with your eyes and the, there was a whole other horrifying storyline that you could only hear. And then the interplay between those two was so interesting and different. Um, so I think that's just so unique and um, I'm going to vote for him. Okay. I like it. I, uh, this is Christopher Nolan all the way. I, I think he should win. I think he will win. Uh, I'm with everybody else in my house. Barbie should have been nominated. Greta Gerwig should have gotten a nomination here. I would toss Justine Trier, and I would put in um, Greta there. Anatomy of a Fall is a great movie. I like it a little bit less as time goes on, as I've watched some other things. And um, I think it's a well-directed movie, but Barbie was a massive accomplishment. The direction in that was fantastic. It's, it's hard to see how that was overlooked for a nomination. I think in the end, she would not have won, and I still would have... Uh, bet and place my uh, I still think Nolan made the best movie uh, I think we'll talk about this again but Oppenheimer is like one of those once a decade movies that you get that's so good um, but so I think he's on a steam steam train here to win this thing but uh, uh, Greta Gerwig should have been included in this so with that let's go over to Lexington and Kelly jump in for us yep I'm gonna um, I agree Christopher Nolan deserves to win and I believe he will win. I'm also in agreement that Greta Gerwig should have been on this list. It's kind of an outrage that she's not. I'm fully 
uh, agree with that. Um, I'm going to put my money, though, on Marty Scorsese. I think he did a great job telling the story, and that's where I'm going to place my bet. Hey, I like it. Brian, how about you? I'm going to play opposites. I'm not outraged at anything in this category. I'm fine. Um, Christopher Nolan will win, uh, should win. It's easily the most impressive thing I've seen in a long time. But in order to win the bets and the money and the wieners, I'm going to put my money on Yorgos Anthemos. I knew you were going to pick him. I here. knew it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You could tell from my comments earlier, I, I did enjoy that. It's just, it's not as crazy different as uh, Hot Dog Fingers, but just enough different that I still liked it. So I'm, I'm yeah. going to try to make some money here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hot dog fingers and uh, guys, this podcast is brought to you by Oscar Meyer. I should have brought that up at the beginning. <laughs> M Maisie, you're up. Let's uh, talk about best director. Um, I think and wieners. <laughs> no, I, I have no comment on wieners. Um, that's a different. That's a different podcast. Um, I think. Um, I think Christopher Nolan will win. I think he deserves to win. I agree. Um, with the thoughts about Greta. I also think, oh, this is, you all are going to hate me. I think Martin Scorsese is a little overrated. And I think that, I don't know, that, that I, I don't think I'm his audience. So maybe that's, he, he probably won't be too disappointed to hear that. Um, but yeah. He's a listener too. Way to go. We just lost another <laughs> listener. He was. Sorry, Martin. He was. <laughs> I know. I know. Sorry, Marty. I know. Sorry, I'm Marty. so sorry. I'm so, I am just ruffling some feathers but um christopher nolan i think oppenheimer was one of the coolest movies um coolest and also kind of heartbreaking uh, movies i've seen in a long time okay richard finish us up here um I, I i think christopher nolan will win it um i i i will it's funny my wife mentions that martin Scorsese is overrated I don't think he's necessarily overrated. I just I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure he's made a pretty good movie in a while. I thought Power Moon was good. Um, I didn't think it was one of his better works. Um, I mean, it, it's hard to. It's like I think he had his heyday and with Goodfellas and 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 stuff like that. But that's uh, that's my opinion on that. But I think Nolan will win because I think. I think what was interesting about that movie is I went in with one expectation and came out with com something completely different to that movie. So I think the movie had two stories in it. And I said from the get go and I, I when Jim and I got out of it and I came home and I told Maisie about it is I thought the movie was a whodunit movie as opposed to it, this is about the atomic bomb and the building of the atomic bomb more than anything. So I thought it I thought that was impressive. He kind of trick the audience like thinking hey it's going to be about this is the building of the atomic bomb which it was but it was more of a whodunit movie than anything else it kind of reminded me of a uh pre the prestige a little bit um, which is a great movie it's a good movie it is a very good movie um okay so that gets us through the first five we've got one more to go before we get to that i'll explain to everybody that we are voting we're doing ranked voting just like they do in the oscars so for everything else, you just vote for who you want to win, and whoever has the most votes win. In Best Picture, they do ranked voting, so everybody has to rank all the movies <laughs> 1 to 10, and you have to get a majority of votes in order to win. So how that happens is, like, let's say you go through the first time, and 
uh, one movie only has 38% of the votes. Well, whatever movie got the fewest number of first place votes, their first place votes get kicked out and their second place votes move up to an automatic first place vote. And you keep doing that until you get a majority. And that's how we've gotten some weird stuff since they've gone to 10 movies and ranked voting. Um, so I've asked everybody to rank the movies that they've seen um, in the number that they've seen. And we'll, we'll, we'll start in a minute and we'll start with the people who've seen the fewest and we'll go all the way up to uh, the people who've seen them all. Um, but before we go to that, I want to ask two questions about this crop of movies. I'll go ahead and read them off just so that we've got them in front of mind. I'll give you odds. Oppenheimer, one to seven. Poor Things, 12 to one. Barbie, 14 to one. The Holdovers, 14 to one. Killers of the Flower Moon, 25 to one. Anatomy of a Fall, 25 to one. Zone of Interest, 40 to one. American Fiction, 50 to one. Past Lives, 100 to one. Maestro, 100 to one. Now, I'll ask everybody, is there a movie that you would kick out of here and if you did, what would you put in its place? And so I'll start with you, Brian, because I know you want to kick Maestro out. Is there something you want to put in place of Maestro? See, that's, uh, I should be able to back up my talk. Um, I would say anything else made in 2023 uh, could take its spot, and I'd be fine with that. Aquaman Part 2. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Ernest goes to camp again, whatever. Uh, yes, that'd be fine. Kelly, what do you have? You have you want to kick one out and put something else into place? Um, yeah, I would kick out Maestro also. And I would I would put Nyad or Rustin in there. Okay. All right. Very good. Richard, how about you? Uh, I guess I'll have to go with the group here. It's just like uh Maestro just just didn't do it for me. So it's just I but the, the problem is is like I can't I don't know of any other movie that I would fill in for it, so I can't really answer that. Okay. Maisie, do you have an opinion on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have any subs, but I kind of feel like Past Lives and Maestro don't... I think Past Lives, I don't think that it has any business being in Best Picture, honestly. I thought it was, it was fine, but I don't think it should be in this uh, category, and Maestro, I think um was a little too much of a try hard for me so gotcha. i would cut those two out but i guess i'm with brian and put the earnest movies okay um, <laughs> all right back in there jackass for big adventure <laughs> mckinley how about you um i have not seen maestro or past lives so... just don't waste your time uh, yeah I did. I, that's one reason i didn't watch them <laughs> but um so i don't really have any subs i'm pretty satisfied with the list okay elizabeth i agree with the group um i think past lives and maestro don't fit here i'm just mad about maestro in general i i actually kind of liked it when we watched it but the more it's played out i just really um don't like what bradley cooper's trying to do i don't think it's the energy right now he's such a try hard made that movie to try to win in interviews he said he didn't even have to act um, and Leonard Bernstein just entered his body and he became Leonard Bernstein. I mean, give me a break. I just don't think that's what we need right now. Um, so for replacements for those two, um, two I thought about were Saltburn. Uh, I'm not sure that's a best picture movie, but it sure was interesting and it's a beautiful movie. Uh, there were a couple times I was 
literally saying no to the TV screen. And if you've seen it, you know, which That's ones true. those were. That's true. Yep. Um, and then the other one I thought about was leave the world behind, which was a Netflix adaptation of a book. And I'm not sure that that deserves to be on this list, but it's, it's one that I would think of maybe as a consideration for a best picture movie. I'm good with nine of these. And the one that I would kick out is past lives. I thought that movie was just okay. I don't want to go so far. My first thought was just to say past lives was ass, but it wasn't that bad, I, but I didn't like it either. And I don't think it fits here at all. And Judging by some of my comments earlier in the show, you probably know I thought a lot of Saltburn. I would put that in. I thought that's that that film got totally overlooked in the Oscars. I think Emerald Fennell is a fantastic director, fantastic story writer with dark humor. And I, I really like that movie in terms of doing something different, making you feel uncomfortable, which I love in a movie. If you can do that, I love it. And so I would have put that in there. And um, Past Lives... I would kick out, and uh, that's that's where I would go with that. And with that, I want to ask one more question before we get into best picture, and that is, you know, <laughs> as we think about movies, as we think about these these movies that are nominated, that are going to be awarded and lauded, are there any iconic scenes from the movies that you saw or that you will remember, or anything that like really struck you? Like that scene from that movie was amazing, or that shot was fantastic. Richard, do you have anything from from any of the ones you saw? Um, I I'd probably have to say Oppenheimer when I, I mentioned it before when I spoke about Emily Blunt's character. Um, I thought like I, I I thought I thought the whole movie was kind of an aha moment or like kind of an interesting moment like. Like I said, I went in with one expectation, came out to something with completely different. But Emily Blunt's like when she's sitting at that table and she just all of a sudden a light switch comes on and she rips those prosecutors. I thought that was pretty impressive. That's a great scene. That's a great scene. How about you, Maisie? Any scenes that stick with you? Um, not really necessarily scenes, but I kind of feel like Barbie was sort of the way that Elvis was for me last year in terms of like just overall kind of cool cinematography and sort of a new sort of take on set design and things like that so I I really enjoyed Barbie I think it's kind of unfortunate that it's in the same category as Oppenheimer but I I just I loved I loved the design I loved the kind of um I just I don't know I thought that was kind of great in in terms of just sort of the set design and and kind of um innovating in terms of kind of what movie sets will be in the future so it was it was an amazing set it was a visual treat really to watch that one was awesome uh kelly do you have any any scenes that would stick with you yeah i liked in oppenheimer i liked the scene where they uh, detonated the bomb and how it was silent and they just you know kind of showed everybody's face and the bright light i thought that was a good scene um in barbie my favorite thing in barbie was um the movement of the Barbies, how they how they move from place to place as though they were being picked up by a little girl playing with them, you know, the way you do. I thought that was really cute. That was one of my favorite things. Awesome. Those were both awesome. That that uh the detonation scene is one that's gonna stick with me. That that is that's that's just an all time scene in cinema. Um Brian, how about you? It's kind of all of Oppenheimer, the whole experience. I took my older son Sam to Indianapolis. 
to see it in the 70 foot IMAX. And it was just a little aside here. Besides seeing you two at the sphere a month ago, it's one of the most impressive things I've seen in a really long time. Why you got to flex and, on everybody like that? That's just being hey, a dick. You know, <laughs> glad you invited me. But the, the thing, I, the kind of the, I don't know, comparison, contrast of Oppenheimer, like the beginning of it is kind of, you know, personal, you know, people oriented. They go to the building of the bomb. The detonation of the bomb was awesome. And then they go to whatever the third act, fourth act, whatever you want to call it, to black and white interviews people. Again, the Emily Blunt part was awesome. But the Robert Downey Jr. as the nominee sequence, you know, back and forth, and where he kind of comes to the realization that he's not getting the nomination. Everybody around him is kind of happy. The way everything just kind of falls apart on him, you know, at the last minute, just that whole rise fall thing was very cool to me. Yeah, really cool. Um, McKinley, how about you? Any particular scenes you loved? I mean, Oppenheimer, it was the whole thing was amazing, but um, I think I'll I think I'll um, stray from the group a little bit and go with zone zone of interest. I think I don't really have a particular scene. If I re, if I watched it right now, I could probably give you one. But the whole thing was it was like a puzzle almost, and I really enjoyed that. The cinematography seemed great to me, very very obscure and almost confusing, but it made you like want to really focus and try to see what's really going on. And I really really enjoyed that. Okay, Elizabeth. Um, totally agree with the others on the detonation scene in Oppenheimer. That was so well done. Um, the other one I would think about is, uh, Barbie, that movie just overall was so spot on with some of the cultural stuff, um, that I actually worried that some men I know wouldn't be able to even take it. And I'm thinking particularly of the scene where all the kins are playing guitar at the Barbies and they're all <laughs> playing the same song. So, so what I learned from Barbie, no, wait, hang on. What I learned from Barbie and you guys tell me if this is right, is that all ladies just really want to hear push on guitar played. Is that what you guys love? Over and over many times yes. in a row. As many men as you can find in a circle. Okay. All right. Excellent. Leah has an interjection. Okay, this is uh, Leah Geisler, special guest. This is McKinley's um, girlfriend, who's more beautiful than Margot Robbie. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, I had a. I just I haven't seen a lot of the movies, but I saw Barbie, and I really liked the ending scene, which like it was just random videos of like women and mothers and sisters, and it kind of struck me, um, because it kind of it like that was the part of the movie that made me cry. Because um, it like kind of forced you to recollect on your life and like the seemingly like ordinary women in your life. And that made me cry because like I thought of my family. So that stuck with me. I think about that all the time. It's awesome. So. That's the magic of movies, man. It can A scene can. I uh, could cry right now. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> Were you done, Elizabeth, or did you have any others? Yeah, No, I think I'm done. Okay. I have a few. I can go on all night with this, but I, I will hold it to a few. I think the bomb detonation sequence is amazing, and that obviously is one that will will stick with me. Um, I think also in Oppenheimer, the scene, the the scenes with Oppenheimer and Albert Einstein are particularly cool to me, and uh, particularly I agree when Louis Strauss thinks they're talking about him because he's so arrogant, yeah. 
and yeah. they're actually talking about like the fate of the world and and that kind of stuff. That's a it's such a great scene. Um, I love the first time I saw the scene in Poor Things where Willem Dafoe's character belches the bubbles. I mean, oh that's gosh, a scene that will stick with you. That will stick yeah. with you, man. Like that is that that's that's one of those scenes that you're like that was uh that was impressive, right, or something. Um, and one of my very favorite scenes from a movie that everybody hated was in Maestro, and I really, really love the scene. So well done, where um, it's Thanksgiving Day, and they're in the apartment in the Dakota on Central Park West, and Leonard gets home, and they got to see the Snoopy balloon, but he and his wife fight and fight, and they go at it in the bedroom, and as soon as the fight's done, they leave the bedroom and the Snoopy balloon floats by outside. I just that's brilliant filmmaking right there. And I and and visually it was fantastic. So those are some scenes that I just really love that'll stick with me that I I, I loved. And um I, I love talking about it and seeing it and all. So that it won I, the Academy Award. Oh, for what? For best movie ever made. With that, let's go and get to it. Let's rank some movies and go 10 to 1 what i'll do is i'll ask you what you I'll, I'll start with you um rank them from lowest to highest from what you've seen and anything you want to say about the movies this is your chance so um Maisie, i will start with you and i'll let you go okay all right so i am going to my lowest is going to be maestro i think it was um bradley cooper looking for some sort of oscar recognition and um so that's my that's my lowest um and then uh past lives and the only reason that I didn't put past lives last was because I was kind of more interested in the plot line of past lives than maestro um then I have killers of the flower moon again not going to say it again because I don't want to you know, lose a listener, but, um, you all know my thoughts about Martin Scorsese. Um, but I do love my girl, Lily Gladstone. So that one was the redeeming, uh, quality also to killers of the flower moon. I don't know if anyone else felt this way, but it kind of almost felt like a play. Um, it sort of felt like we were watching, a uh, like the set felt very play like, like it was sort of on stage. Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe that was just because of the kind of nature of the town and kind of the, all of that. Anyway, um, holdovers. I really, I really love the holdovers. I, there is a special place in my heart for boarding school movies. Um, it kind of had this, uh, Richard said it was sort of a, uh, what was it? It was a marriage of dead poet society and. Sin of a woman. Son of a woman. Yeah. 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 I kind of had both of those qualities and those, I, I love both of those movies. Um, but I don't think it's best picture, but I liked it over pillars of the flower moon. And then, I mean, Oppenheimer is going to win, but I really kind of wish Barbie would win. This is your pick. You get to pick it. I know. I know. I mean, I don't think Barbie's going to win. And I think Oppenheimer should win. And I love what Leah said about the about sort of the home videos of the um, Barbie. So I'm going to go Barbie, actually. I'm going to put Oppenheimer a second. I know that's crazy, but I'm going to say um, I just I, I really did love Barbie. And I, I agree with Elizabeth that Margot Robbie should have been an um, best actress. So um, there you have it. 
sorry, Martin Scorsese. Maybe next year you have better luck. Yep. Maybe next year when you're 82 or whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Richard, you're up, sir. Um, I will follow my wife on the last two, and that's Maestro and Past Lives. Uh, Maestro, in my opinion, it's like it just didn't have it's like I didn't understand the point of the movie. I've said it all along, and it, it just there was no flow to it. it. It just there was just no point to the movie. Was it? It was it we're just talking about the dysfunctional family and that's what the whole story was about or that whatever. So I thought it overall kind of I'll be frank sucked. Um past lives was I, I thought it was I thought it could have gone a lot better. I think they could have done a better job. There's a lot of dead air in that movie. Um I thought it was funny as we watched it the other night and Maisie started was got emotional over the trailer and I was like, Oh, this might be actually pretty good. Then it turned out to be, it's like a lot of parts where it's dead air and a lot of that. And it's just like, I just didn't. I want to jump in right here because I felt the same way. I, I thought watching the trailer, this uh, movie looks like it's going to be awesome. And, yes. and if I could have ranked it on the trailer, it would have been much higher. I yep. was really invested. Sorry, yeah. I know it's Richard's time. Sorry. No, no, no. But I'm, I'm, I, I agree with you. The trailer looked awesome. The film did not live up to it. Carry on. Yeah. So, uh, sorry, my headphones just died on me. Um, so uh, after that, I'll probably have to go with Killers of the Flower Moon. Like I said, I don't think it was Martin Scorsese's finest movie. Uh, Lily Gladstone was amazing. She carried that movie. If she was not in it or her presence wasn't in that movie, I'm not even sure it should have been on this list. Um, it was a good story. It was a good book, but I don't know if it was Martin, one of Martin Scorsese, uh, especially this and the Irishman, I don't think are, are some of Scorsese's finest movies. I thought Barbie was really good. And that's number three. Um, I thought it was a good movie. I thought it was well done. I thought it was very entertaining and it was a good movie. And uh, I, I think they did a really good job with it. Um, and then I, I think number two has to be the holdover. Um, I, I had a year of a boarding, boarding experience like that. And it's very different, but, um, I thought Paul Giamatti was really, really good. I thought that kid was really good in the movie. And I think this is his first major film, if not his first film. So it was really good. And I, I kind of liked it. Like I said, Maisie pointed out, I, I said it was kind of a cross between Dead Poet Society and Sin of a Woman, I thought. And then overall, I think Oppenheimer is just the winner of it all because Oppenheimer, it's like it was a story within a story. Um, I thought all the it's like every actor in that movie was fantastic from Josh Hartnett to uh, Casey Affleck making a random appearance and the guy who played um Einstein, I thought they were all good. And I think Oppenheimer that I'm going with Oppenheimer. All right. Excellent. Brian, you sir are up next. Okay. I'll mention it one more time. Maestro was not good. It's at the bottom. <laughs> he already wrote that down before you even said it. Yeah, there's no <laughs> problem. <true>. Yeah. <laughs> you want to talk about good money right there. That hundred to one odds get that. Yeah. Um now I'm gonna come to the uh older white guy part of this program. Um, I'm going to put Barbie next. I didn't see past lives, so it's not below past lives for everybody out there. Um, and then I liked American fiction. I thought the movie was good and I don't want to 
turn into a racist guy, but I thought there were many like suppositions made in this movie that, you know, he writes this book and white America eats it up. Can't, you know, they want this, you know, it's kind of, I thought a little bit uh, racially profiling or stereotyping in the other way, going the other direction, but we won't talk about too, too much. Um, and so I did not see zone of interest or anatomy of a fall, though I wish I had. So next I'm going to go with the holdovers. I liked it. I thought it was a good movie, a solid movie, but not super amazing. It was, you know, it was good. Well done. I felt for the characters, unlike Maestro and stuff, but that's where it falls. Um, then Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, I read the book several years ago, and I was kind of interest, interested to see how they went at this. And it was a very different focus, I thought, which probably is much better for the movies because it focused on the people instead of basically the I thought the book was more of the birth of the FBI and all that kind of stuff. And that was a very, very small part in this. So it was kind of a difference, different take on it. Um, then you've heard my like for poor things. I thought it was cool, different enough. Um, so, and then Oppenheimer is a class by itself. It's a, uh, there's, it's not, not even close. It's like I said, part of it's the experience seeing it in IMAX, uh, but just the, you know, to go from big grand expo nuclear explosions to the very small human interaction, human emotions, it's, it's easily the best movie of the year. Very good. Kelly, let's hear what you have. Okay. Um, number 10 for me is Maestro. I love Bradley Cooper. I love Carrie Mulligan, but I did not love this movie. Number nine is Past Lives. Um, I enjoyed this movie, really. And I, I love the uh, Korean idea that all your interactions in this life are owed to connections that you made in past lives I think that's um I liked that but this movie spoke to me less about maybe romantic love or childhood first love that kind of stuff than it did about uh what a person goes through when they leave their country um and leave everything behind and start again as many immigrants do so um it made me think about that a lot. I liked I liked the movie. Um, number eight for me is Anatomy of a Fall. Um, I love the scenery in this movie. I thought it was really well done. The story was told well. The courtroom uh, drama was good. And I love the little boy's performance. He, he kind of got me choked up a couple of times. I thought he was great. Um, but no matter what, I, I, maybe I'm not enlightened enough or whatever, but I, I like to have just the tiniest bit of resolution at the end of a movie, which, you know, I didn't, you don't have much of, kind of leaves you still guessing, I feel like, at the end of the movie. Um, number seven was Zone of Interest. Um, the movie was very well done, like Elizabeth said, all of that, um, you know, the horrific things that were going on just over their garden gate. Um, it was really sad, this movie, to, to see how mundane every, all of this was for everybody. Like I was happy when they at least revealed that her mom couldn't stomach it. You know, she couldn't sleep and she left the next day. And I was kind of like, oh, finally, finally, somebody is really thinking about what's happening here. Um, 
Episode number six was American Fiction. Jeffrey Wright was great. I, I liked all the characters in this movie. I thought it, thought it was good. I thought it was funny, entertaining. It, it was fine. Number five was Barbie. I loved Barbie, uh, but maybe not more than Poor Things, which is number four. This movie was hilarious. I, I love Willem Dafoe. She was hilarious. Um, I loved the little half animals that they created. <laughs> Jim, I had written down too about um, the bubbles when he burped at the table. I thought that was hilarious, and I Amazing. loved all the half. Yeah, I loved all the half animals he made. Um, but listen, that much sex for me to watch is embarrassing. Like even <laughs> if I'm the only person in the house, which I was at the time I watched this, and that's it, 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 hard. It's hard for me to watch. I don't know that that probably can be a whole other show, but the, anyway, the, there was a lot going on in that one. Yeah. Yeah. Furious jumping three. or whatever he said. <laughs> yes. Furious jumping. N number three is the holdovers. I thought that was just a, a good feel good movie. Brian and I watched it over the holidays and um, I love Paul Giamatti that uh, uh, joy, a uh, divine joy was, was great. I, I enjoyed watching that movie. Uh, number two is Killers of the Flower Moon. I think everybody here doesn't like it as much as I did, but I didn't. I hadn't read the book, and I didn't know the story. I really enjoyed the movie. I love Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, Lily Gladstone was fantastic, obviously. And listen, Jesse Plemons is has the tiniest role, but I love him. I thought he was good, and I liked his character here. He's, on, he's one, one of the most underrated actors doing it right now. Yeah. He's so good he in everything. Yep. Fantastic. And Jim, Jim, and anyone else who knows Kelly and me, but Jim especially, you can imagine watching Kills the Flower Moon. I've read the book and she has had not. There were a few questions during that movie coming my way. Holy <laughs> shit, Arama. You're exactly right. That's exactly what yeah. happened. Yes. When I tell you we've been doing this 30 years, this is not a joke. And um, sometimes it would we'd be like, who's sitting next to Kelly for this one? And uh uh, I, I did not realize I would have to really explain um, The Fugitive as much as I did uh, during that two hours, but uh, that happened a long time ago. <laughs> hey, I don't do that anymore, only with Brian. Okay, all right, that's good. I've that's learned. Good. <laughs> I've learned. All right. Um, so, and number one, obviously, is Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer, okay. Wonderful, I loved it. McKinley, you are up, sir. So I haven't seen... Um... Maestro or Holdovers or Past Lives, but I'll start with the ones I have seen. Uh, at the the bottom is Anatomy of a Fall. I think it was a pretty good movie. I think um, Sandra Hewler's performance was amazing, but I think the movie kind of falls short of being uh, great. Um, next, I have American Fiction. I think it's uh it was an interesting movie. I thought it was funny and sort of it was something new, pretty original, but I think it didn't have as much to it as I'd have liked it to. I think next is Barbie. I think Barbie was great. I think it's it almost speaks for itself, its success and the great acting and very original idea. And then next I have Killers of the Flower Moon, which I think was great. It's definitely not Scorsese's best work, but I think there's some good acting and the overall story is very interesting. And 
I was very intrigued. And then next we have Good Times or Dynamite. Poor thing. Sorry. <laughs> I get the two mixed up. <laughs> They're pretty similar. And so you can find you can find either one on TNT on a Thursday night. So. <laughs> right. So poor things. Yes. Um, I thought it was amazing. I I came out of that movie just like thinking what. I knew it was great, but I was I didn't. It was almost it was just like a lot for me, lot to watch. So much going on. Emma Stone was great. Willem Dafoe was great. Mark Ruffalo, he was pretty good. And then next, I have Zone of Interest at number two. I think this movie is. I was very surprised at how good it was. So so original, and the idea of it's like a lot of movies would focus on like more of the victims of the Holocaust, but this focuses more on like like the bat like what happens around it to make it happen. And I thought that was very interesting and how you might if someone watched it, they might say not much happens, but really it's almost a puzzle where you have to fill in the pieces and it, it gives you Glazer gives you hints. And I really, really enjoyed that and very, very obscure and very, very meaningful. And then at number one, obviously Oppenheimer, I think it is a absolute standout. I think none of the other movies come close. So Oppenheimer should win. All right. Very good. Elizabeth. All right. So I have um, Maestro at number 10. Uh, I just seemed like total Oscar bait. I really, my main problem with Maestro is Bradley Cooper. I don't know what what's up with that guy. He, you know, did all the things on that movie and, and I, it didn't work for me. And an interesting perspective that I heard from a friend on this is that that movie was so much about um burn uh bernstein's wife dealing with his sexuality with leonard's sexuality and why was it more about leonard's experience of his own sexuality which i thought was a really interesting perspective because um it really was very focused on the wife anyway that's number 10 number nine for me past lives um i found it kind of forgettable among these other films that really made you feel something with their weirdness, with their uniqueness. Um, I just found it hard to connect with the characters, I guess. Um, number eight, Killers of the Flower Moon. I was underwhelmed by the film adaptation. It's really, really different from the book, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but um, I like the book a lot better. And I didn't think um, Leonardo did a great great job i was underwhelmed by him. i had higher expectations than that it couldn't meet um seven anatomy of a fall i really like this movie i feel like it kind of was like scratch that true crime itch but in a really well done beautiful way um so i i enjoyed it the middle of the pack for me um number six is poor things um so unique so weird i really liked how Kelly, I also really like those weird animals that he had connected, you know, different animals into one. Yeah. And the sexual stuff was super over the top. Um, it was all like a little bit demented. Um, but also there was that love and connection between the characters that went all through all the weird stuff. So I like that. Um, five, don't kill me. Don't at me. Uh, Oppenheimer <laughs> is at number five. It's a great movie. Um, it should probably be number one, but it's number five on my list. 
Um, number four is Zone of Interest. Um, it was just so uncomfortable in terms of movies that make you feel. I It was so cringy, but you couldn't turn away, but you kind of wanted to turn away. Um, and I think it really set itself apart from all the other plethora of World War II films that are out there. Yes, I agree. Um, number three, The Holdovers. I loved the setting of that movie. I, you could really feel it, you know, that New England uh, cold, snowy holidays in New England in the 70s. Um, I mean, it made me almost be able to like smell those um, hallways and in the school and, you know, think about the institutional food that was probably being served there. <laughs> um, and I love, I just love everything Paul Giamatti does. And I loved the interaction between his character and um, Divine Joy Randolph's. Um, number two, I'm going to say Barbie. I I love the vibe of it. I feel like it set the tone for this for the whole year, really, with Ken and Barbie, and you know the bro dudes are really having a moment. We got Travis Kelsey. I just I love everything about it. And number one for me, and I will say this is because um, I value a movie that is entertaining and rewatchable, and I feel like that's part of it for for me to rank this. So number one is American Fiction. I just thought it was great all around. I would go back to it. If we still bought DVDs, I would probably buy the DVD of it. Um, and I thought it was pretty timely in this time of conflict and, you know, being able to laugh at some of the differences and laugh at some of the stuff that goes on, I thought was really refreshing. Very good. Excellent. So we have a vote for American fiction and I'll round us out. I'll start off. Um, my number 10, my least favorite of all of these was past lives. I just didn't like the movie. I just like I talked about earlier. I didn't like it. Um, number nine, I'm going to go Anatomy of a Fall. I liked it. It's a good movie, um, but it's as I've thought on that one a little bit more. I don't like it quite as much. Also, the French courtroom scenes are so weird. They're so I don't know if that's how how a courtroom scene plays out in France for real. Uh, I have to imagine that it is, but it's so foreign to the way uh, laws practiced in America that it was kind of, it was almost off-putting in some ways. Um, I forgot about I mean, that part. Yeah. I was Googling um, French jurisprudence because I was like, it cannot be this way. Yeah, right. Um, number eight's Maestro. Uh, it's not my favorite. I don't hate it. I think one of the things I think about this crop of movies is it's one of the best crops of movies. It's the best crop of movies we've had since COVID. And like, I think if Maestro were released in like 2021, we'd be talking about it as like one of the three favorites. But I think there's so much good stuff out there right now that it's it's good, but it's not good enough to get up there. So that's number eight for me. Number seven is The Holdovers. I liked it. I thought it was very good, very rewatchable. The performances are good. I think, like Elizabeth said, you can really feel yourself in that setting. It's it's really a well-shot movie, um, and it almost looks dated. Like the like the film stock, it looks makes it look dated, whatever they did with that. So that's great. Number well, six. Well, the intro, if, if you looked at the intro, it was like – retro like yeah rating and and logos and everything yes, along those lines. sure was it was awesome so they, very, they very did cool. that yeah um number six for me is killers of the flower moon and i didn't hate it uh i i love the book i think david grant is such a great writer of this kind of story and i agreed with elizabeth more that i would like for it to have been a little bit tighter with the book i would have liked just a little bit more with regards to the FBI stuff. And um, I, I, it's 
all that said, I'd like to go back and rewatch it uh, and and rewatch the performances by De Niro, particularly and Lily Gladstone. But uh, I think it's a, a good movie, but not Scorsese's best. That's reminding me of another thing I thought about with Killers of the Flower Moon. It was so long. It was really long. It was way too long, and that made me a little mad at it when we were in the theater. Yeah, she was angry. When we I agree with that. I yeah. agree with that. Um, my number five is Zone of Interest. This movie, it, it's hard to describe this movie, but this movie felt like something. Uh, I felt an experience like I felt 30 years ago in the 90s when the indie film wave was exploding, and you couldn't see weird and different movies if you just went to your local movie theater you had to go seek it out right like it reminded yeah. me of being in college and going to the kentucky theater to catch um the crying game or bad right. lieutenant uh because it's only going to be in town for a week and you're not going to be able to catch this anywhere else so it gave me that feel it was very european um stylistically beautifully shot uh very thought-provoking it's impossible to watch that movie and not walk out of there um moved in some way and having a lot of thoughts about the the people who were silently complicit in what was going on uh during world war ii so i loved that movie um number four is for me american fiction i like elizabeth like a rewatchable movie and this movie was great i thought it was very clever i thought it was uh the satire in it was excellent i really um think there was a possibility you could have included Cord Jefferson in the best director category. Some of the little choices he made in that were so good in terms of just little bitty things that details, like every time they showed Jeffrey Wright's watch, it was on a time where he would have actually been doing what he was doing. Like he was on the couch making out with a woman and his watch is showing nine Oh five or something like that. So like, those are little things like the stuff on the desk, the RBG posters in the literary agent's office. Like it, there were so many great little details in that movie. In addition to it, just being generally funny and uh, enjoyable to me. Um, and who doesn't love a love story with a security guard and a housekeeper. Uh, so that movie is awesome. That's right. So number three and two was the hardest choice for me in this, and that was Poor Things and Barbie. And I went ahead and went Poor Things at three. I loved that movie. It was weird and awesome, and I was not turned off by watching Emma Stone naked a lot. That didn't put me off, guys. I'm okay with it. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't love Mark Ruffalo's performance, but he was fine. He was good enough. Um, and... uh but it was clever. It was different. Again, it was something that you don't see every day. So I really, really liked that movie. Number two, Barbie. I put that up ahead of Poor Things because I feel like I will – if it's if it's a coin flip thing, I'm going to go with rewatchability. And Barbie's a movie that's going to last a long time. Barbie's a movie that uh, is going to matter to a lot of people for a long time. And so for that, I'm going to put it at number two. I really like this movie, and I really like the fact that I didn't watch it until January of this year. Because in August of 2023, um, it felt like it was it was a zero-sum binary situation where you had to be Team Oppenheimer or Team Barbie. When in fact, both movies are legitimately great and have something to say. And um, so I'm, I'm glad there was some space. So I was out of all of that, that, that cacophony of sound about the two movies and comparing them. And I just I love Barbie. I mean, obviously, it push, pushes a pro woman agenda. But I think ultimately, you know, a lot of the themes in there, too, are about how we treat one another, regardless of our gender and 
um, about how women treat men and men treat women. And admittedly, it's predominantly about fighting the patriarchy and fighting the oppression that has been laid on women for a long time. But there's also some things in there about just how we all treat one another. And I thought the message of that movie was great. I didn't like the ending. I'll be honest. But ultimately, I thought it was a great movie. Uh, number one is Oppenheimer. Like I say, it's kind of a generational movie to me. I think it's one of the best movies I've seen in a long, long time. Um, I can't tell you the last one that that was this good consistently from all facets of film, um, acting, cinematography, sound, direction, score, um, just story, the way it's all pieced together, the cuts from black and white to color, like Richard talked about, like different points of view expressed, you know, during those two things. Just a brilliant movie, um, and Christopher Nolan is going to get his Oscar this year for that film. So that's that's where I come down. That's where we come down. We had four votes, number one Oppenheimer, so that would have won if we were doing it Oscar style. That had a majority of number ones. So um, for the Good Midlife podcast, we will say that uh, our, our, our votes are in. Everybody's had their say. Oppenheimer is our winner. And um, with that, we are wrapping up our show tonight. And before we jump off, I want to ask, because we're now getting ready to start the next season of movies and the next year of all the things. Are there any movies coming out this year that you're excited about? Uh, I know, Elizabeth, you had a couple that you wanted to talk about. Driveaway Dolls looks good. Can't wait to see it. I think that's out now, Yeah, um, but I haven't seen it yet. Um, and I can't remember the other one. Do you remember my other one? There was a book. There was a book adaptation coming out you wanted to see, and I can't remember what it was. I can't either. I have this a book. I, life in the good midlife. Yes, that's right. I can't remember things. <laughs> well, the first one I want to see comes, it, it starts this week. And I think the first real, and I think this is an Oscar contender probably. And that's Dune part two. I can't wait to see that. Um, coming out this spring, uh, Civil War. I don't know that that's the movie we need in America right now, but I'm interested in it. I'm here for it. Um, Furiosa, Mad Max, Thunder, Fury Road was amazing. I, that, I can't wait to see Furiosa. Richard Linklater's back this year. He's got one called Hitman that I want to see. Um, there's a, a, a modern remake of the old Nosferatu story, which I'm excited about. We got a Guy Ritchie film coming out this year. Ministry. Gladiator of, 2. Gladiator 2, Ministry of Ungentlemanly uh -huh. Warfare by Guy Ritchie. Um, I, I, we got a lot of stuff coming out. So, um, Richard, do you have any others? No, you name it. It's like Dune 2 would be good. Gladiator 2 kind of. Um, yeah, it's. Yep. Those Twisters. Twisters. Yep, that's coming. Yep. That's right. Uh, Kelly, what about you? Did we see some of those in Poor Things? Yes, I think that's right. <laughs> I, I can't think. I know I've seen some previews that I made note that I wanted to see and right now I can't remember what any of mm -hmm. them are. The Nosferatu would be one I think you'd want to see. Yeah, oh, for sure. 100%. Yes. Yeah. For sure. That's Have you ever watched the original that that the old Nosferatu the silent film the German sure. one? That's a brilliant yeah. movie. It's it, it's yeah. unbelievably good. So good. Um I've got one Jim. Go ahead. Um Wicked? Oh yeah, that's right. The the live action uh, musical Wicked. Yes, uh, coming yes to that's screen. right. Yes, I um, am. I love musicals and I feel like I love Rent as a movie and I love Les Mis as a movie. Is so, that Cynthia Erivo in that? Is that right? Uh, I think so. Yes, I think so. I think yeah. so. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I just I love the ability to be to be able to put on a um, a musical 
rather, you know, like in, from your living room. So, um, I am very excited about Wicked. I love musicals and I love the soundtrack and it makes me happy. So that's fine. It's a great musical. It can't be as good as what we saw in New York though. Uh, right, Brian? That's right. You're right. That's one of those, uh, low expectations blown away kind of moments. That that Uh, was, that was an all timer. It was a really good. Did you all see it in New York? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I only I've only seen it in Washington, but I it is it is so good. It might be my favorite musical. Yeah, and what like two thousand two or two thousand three? It was. Gosh, I can't remember what year it was. Uh, it may be. Oh, is that it's some around there because the. Well, I don't think it was that long because the uh, remember the stairway was still up on the towers. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So it wasn't like years and years later. You know, maybe a year or two later. I think. Adina was still in the cast when we saw it, so it was amazing. It was fantastic. Oh, yeah, I'm so and we could we could also go back and we could also go back and check and see when A Rod hit home run number six hundred, right. and that would tell us yeah, what uh, weekend it was. Also, because that was all the dang, same that weekend. That was a big weekend. Yeah, it we, was. We got that. We saw that. We saw A Rod hit number five hundred on Saturday, and we saw five, the police yeah. at Giant Stadium on Sunday. So, um, yeah. we got after it as we do. That was <laughs> uh, good midlife before we were in midlife, but having a lot of That's fun. Right. <laughs> Speaking of a lot of fun, this has been a lot of fun, and I really appreciate everybody taking a little time tonight to come on the show. I appreciate everybody watching all the movies. I mean, it takes time to sit in front of the TV. You got to be dedicated to watch that much TV, right? And uh, But this is one of my favorite projects in the winter. I love it in January when it's cold and there's nothing to do. So we'll just... uh, and and now with everything streaming, Elizabeth said uh, this year that all of these movies were so accessible this year, and sometimes it's hard to get them all in before the Oscars. So um, that's true. I feel very very fortunate to have done that. So with that, I will tell everybody we'll be back next week with another great show. We're going to go back to regular format. We've got our March Madness show coming up. We're going to have some fun stuff going on there, and uh, otherwise. Uh, that's it. So uh, anybody else have anything to add? Anything else you want to say before we get out of here, guys? No, I enjoyed myself like always. Great. Thank thanks you for, for having us. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Tell your friends. Yeah. We we uh, I, I love it when people can share it and listen and um, uh, check us out. So, Richard, uh, you, sir, do you have anything else to say uh, before we get out of here? Anything else you want to add? No, uh, no, I can't think of anything. All right. We'll be back next week. We'll talk about some fun stuff and uh, we will uh, get right back at it as we always do. Everybody have a great time watching the Oscars. I hope uh, this has helped you pick some movies that you want to see or given you some thought about what you think or reinforced some ideas you have or made you really furious if you're Martin Scorsese. And Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, we're going to get out of here. We're going to watch the Oscars. We're going to have fun. We're going to keep living our best midlives. You keep living yours. Take us out in the go-go's.